Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Teen Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, welcome to Feathers in My Hair. It's your host, Liz. (laughs) I'm going to be honest, I'm having a dreary day. I'm just, you know, sad about George H.W. Bush dying. No, I'm just kidding. Could Could you imagine if I got on here and I started crying about somebody from the Bush family dying? No. No, 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 no. You know, that's not me. Um, But yeah, I'm just having like a weird off day. But we all have them, right? And that's just my reality. So first of all, I want to say that if any of my listeners are in Alaska, I hope you're okay. I hope your house is okay. That earthquake was really scary. And uh, apparently the Palin's house got like destroyed, which is... Ironic is not the word I'm looking for, but a coincidence because we just happened to see them on TV. By the way, if you have an issue with sound on this episode, <laughs> please let me know. I got a new computer this week. Um, I got, it's cute. It's a cute little computer. It weighs like one ounce. It's so fucking light. I can't, I pick up my old computer and it feels like it weighs 200 pounds. Anyway, I am obviously recording on my new computer. I am in Audacity, which is the program that I use on my old computer, but for some reason it looks different and I have to have the microphone up a lot higher uh, to get the same, at least on my end, what sounds like the same sound. So if this sound is weird on this episode, like, I'm sorry, I'm figuring it out. Please feel free to come to my Instagram. By the way, I think I've had this Instagram going for a month now, and I have, like, over 700 followers. I'm really feeling it. Um, I love posting on there. Follow me on my Feathers in My Hair Instagram account, EBP underscore feathers, like emotionally broken psychos underscore feathers. I post pretty regularly. Come on over there. I posted some big news this week, like the fact that Kate and Tyler are naming their new baby. (laughs) Tesley. At least I think that's how they pronounce it. You know, I didn't watch the actual clip. I just read like the synopsis that said it was Tesley, which is spelled T-E-Z-L-E-E. Yeah, I just want you all to let that sink in for a moment. I thought Nova Lee Rain was possibly the worst name that could ever exist. And then they came out with Tesley. Why not just name her Tesla? Like, Tesla's a dumb name, but, like, it's better than Tesley. What is wrong with people? What is wrong with people? I also posted, like, ten pictures from the Zillow. Not Zillow. Maybe Zillow. Uh, but from, like, a, the property listing of the house that Macy bought, uh, which someone, thank God, had found and put on Reddit a while ago. But I posted, like, ten pictures so you could see some of the highlights <laughs> That's a word for them, of that house that Macy bought. Now look, 
I'm going to trash this house that Macy bought. If you liked it, that's fine. We have different tastes and that's allowed. But the inside of it was horrific. Is it on beautiful land? Yeah, for sure. It has this huge like outhouse building in the back. It has a pool. It sits on six acres. The outside is beautiful. Like structurally, this is a beautiful house. The inside is fucking bananas. <laughs> I had somebody this week accuse me of being jealous for hating on this house because I couldn't afford that house. One, of course I can't afford that house. I'm broke. I can't. No, of course I can't afford that. Can't afford any house. I can't afford a condo. Please, don't get it twisted. Here's my thought on that. What's the point of living if I can't critique real estate that I can't afford? It's like my favorite thing to do. Isn't it your favorite thing to do? Why do you think there's a channel called HGTV? The whole fucking point of that channel is to watch it and think how your taste is so much better than everybody else who's on that, sh- on that entire channel. That's literally the point of HGTV. Like, some could say it's, like, to get inspiration or they like to watch renos. No, it's because we like to judge real estate. So, please, don't come into my mentions and tell me that I'm jealous because I can't afford Macy's house. Of course I want to be able to afford Macy's house. But, first of all, I just want to say, not first of all, I've been speaking for five minutes. I do want to make this point that I would rather be broke in living with my mom literally as I am now, which by the way is by choice. Like I can afford to not live with my mom if I don't want to, but I love living here. It's great. Uh, Honestly, living with my mom is so nice. Like I really, I kind of just want to stay here forever. Okay. Like catch me in a month, like having to melt down over living here, but I've been here for like six months and it's really great. But I'm not jealous of any of the teen moms because here's the thing, like they are rich and I would like to be rich for sure, but I would rather kill myself than be on a reality TV show and put myself up for that scrutiny. I can't even read the reviews to this podcast without wanting to kill myself, even though, I mean, I don't know, I haven't checked in at least six months, maybe even, probably not a full year, but for a while. I've not checked these reviews in a long time. I have no idea how many reviews there are. If I have, I, I would guess if I looked right now, I have 3.5 stars would be my guess. Don't tell me if it's lower. <laughs> but, and by the way, if you look at a lot of the reviews, they're like clearly troll, like the bad reviews are clearly like troll reviews from Reddit and like they're calling me fat and stuff. Um, there are some that are legit, like criticisms and they clearly listened and don't like this podcast, which is a hundred percent fine. But I can't even read my podcast reviews of which there's probably a hundred of them. And like 90% of them are great and positive, And the 10% of them make me like spiral into a deep, dark depression. I could never be on reality TV. I would never want to be on reality TV. I would never want to expose children that I had to reality TV. I just, no, I can't, I could not do it. No, no, no. I really, I don't, mm -mm, mm -mm. I can't, I can't be jealous of any of these girls. I can't be jealous of the fact that they have money because I can't be jealous of how they got that money. You know, it's just not, it's just not who I am. I'm also not Something to know about me is that, like, by nature, I'm not a very jealous person. I really only get jealous of children that fly first class. 
<laughs> that when I am walking back to my coach seat and I see children in first class, like that brings out a rage in me that it's not right. Like it's not good that I feel that way. <laughs> anyway, I've been rambling for so long. Come follow me on Instagram so you can find out about things like baby Tesla before it's being posted in most places. And you can see the pictures of Macy's house. Anyway, let's get into the episodes. I, okay, first of all, I don't know if I've said this, but Caitlin and Tyler are literally carrying Teen Momoji on their fucking backs. Like, those two are doing the work and nobody else is showing up except for Dakota Myers. (laughs) Nobody but Dakota and Caitlin and Tyler have decided they're going to work this season. And you know what? I don't like it. I'm annoyed with it. I want them to cancel this show. Honestly, it's kind of my dream that all of Teen Mom gets canceled and then I can just do this podcast (laughs) with the old episodes. (laughs) There's so much content there for me, guys. I would love that. And then I wouldn't have to watch this fucking show anymore, the new episodes, because I hate it. They're so bad. Guys, why are they so, why is this show so bad? I mean, I know why. Let's talk about why this show is so bad. This show is so bad because it is in, I mean, OG is in their, I think technically their eighth season because they took that three years off with essentially the same cast. Yes, they mixed it up this year, but they did a really bad job of it. And it's just the truth that very few reality TV shows can last that long in general, and they especially can't do it with the same cast. I mean, the only other reality TV show that I can think of that has been on as long as Teen Mom is the Kardashians, and the Kardashians are extremely boring as well. Um, The Kardashians are just soothing background noise in a way that Teen Mom is not. (laughs) Like, I can binge watch Kardashians, but, like, I'm on my phone, I'm doing blah, 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 blah. Um, I, I can't really binge watch Teen Mom for whatever reason. It's not soothing background noise. There's too much yelling. Um, the lighting isn't as good. They don't have as, like, soft voices as they do on the Kardashians. But basically, the reality is, is this show is just, like, it's just run its course. But we're going to keep getting more seasons. And I'm going to keep watching because I've been here since the beginning and I can't give up now. And even if I didn't have this podcast, I wouldn't be able to stop following these dum-dums. Am I in a negative mood today? Am I being too negative for you guys? I never want to be too negative, and that's, like, a hard thing about me and my personality in general that I've had an issue with since, I don't know, my entire life, is that I think people really like my negativity. Um, It's funny. Like, I'm a... This is, like, the cockiest thing in the world. I'm a funny person. I'm not a comedian, you know what I mean? And I can't write comedy. I can't, like, tell pre-planned jokes, but I'm pretty witty. As I think almost anybody that does a podcast, especially if you do a podcast by yourself, you're like a naturally witty-ish person, especially a recap podcast. I mean, I don't know if like the hosts of, I wonder if Karina Longworth of You Must Remember That. Yeah, she's witty. What am I talking about? (laughs) Of course. Of course. What am I going to do? Sit here and insult Karina Longworth? No, Liz, get it together. But like, I think almost anybody that does a podcast or like any sort of hosting... (laughs) I'm a host now, uh, job, <laughs> this is my job, is a naturally witty or quick person. But 
part like my comedy for lack of better words has comes from negativity and this has been a thing like my entire life and I think I figured this out when I was very young and like leaned into it before, when I was like developing my sense of humor and unfortunately like a lot of times I go too negative and that really turns people off and they like don't want to be my friend or like hang out with me because I'm like really such a bitch and a negative person to be around not so much since I've like gotten older and sober and like just become more aware of myself but in general um I can just be very very negative and a complainer and like my comedy my comedic element in myself comes from that and I don't want to lean in too hard on that on this podcast but like I know that that's what also fuels this podcast is the negativity that I feel towards this show and everybody that's on this show so it's like a really fine line for me to walk and I think when I talk about how much I hate this show you can let me know um, on my Instagram, EBP underscore feathers. I'm just going to keep plugging it, guys. Just so you know, I understand that that's annoying, but the more I plug it, the more people follow me. <laughs> and I like having followers because it's like fun that I get to talk to you guys. People send me messages. I'm, I answer basically every message that I get. I mean, let's be real. I don't get that many messages. It's not very hard to answer them all, but it's, it's a fine line, this negativity, and I just don't want to be too negative. I know I'm too negative for the people that, like, have tried this show and then hated it. Like, I, trust me, I get it. But I don't want to be too negative for the people that like my light negativity. Anyway, wow, it's, I've been recording for 13 minutes, and I, have I talked about Teen Mom at all? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man, oh, man. By the way, I'm having, I know this is like four weeks, three weeks in a row that I've been solo. Has it been three weeks? Excuse me. I don't know how many weeks in a row I've been solo, but I'm having a guest on this week. So one of your favorites, guess who? So you'll be getting a nice long episode this upcoming week. But let's talk about Macy. First of all, the real surprise for me in this episode was that Macy still owns that old house that they bought. And her friend Katie lives there. Now, can somebody who's a real Macy head tell me if Katie is her friend that she lived with and being Macy, who like her longtime friends thought was using her because Macy was paying the rent in that treehouse that they lived in? Not an actual treehouse. They just called it the treehouse. Can maybe I'll go back. God, the things I do for my art. (laughs) Maybe I'll go back and just like quickly watch being Macy because I've been wondering this forever but Katie apparently lives there I'm curious what the mortgage is on that or if I wonder if they don't have a mortgage which is why they didn't sell it and it's probably low property taxes because it's Tennessee but I actually don't know anything about Tennessee and I don't really understand property taxes I mean I get property taxes but like I don't understand where has high prop that's not true I, I have a general understanding of where is high property taxes and where has low property taxes. But Tennessee don't know it all. Anyway, I was surprised to find out that Katie's living there. And then I got to thinking, okay, so they just like put an offer on this house. It was accepted. Yes, they're living there. Are they selling their old house? Are they going to have three mortgages? Do they have no mortgages? Did they buy that house the first house in cash and maybe the second house in cash as well. I highly doubt they bought this third house in cash. I don't think that house sold, by the way, was like $600,000. Um, 
And I don't think they have $600,000 cash, but maybe they do because Macy doesn't ever pay taxes. <laughs> so yeah, I'm curious about, I mean, really all I want in this world is every reality TV star's like tax returns. I just want to see them. And their bank account statements. I just want to know exactly how much money they have. <laughs> Is that too much to ask? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Anyway, so yeah, Macy still has that house. I guess her friend Katie lives there. Their, their whole storyline this week is that they're going to buy this new house. And surprise, they buy it. Now, let's talk about this fucking house. As I said... I mean, beautiful on the outside. Like, that curb appeal on that house. I also grew up on in a house that was, like, on top of a hill. Um, I lived, like, in a, in a big neighborhood, a subdivision, as some people would understand it. And then we lived at, like, the bottom of a hill and then at the top of a hill. Like, we lived on a cul-de-sac, and my part of the cul-de-sac was on top of the hill. And to get to the cul-de-sac, you had to come down the hill. So, a house on a hill... <laughs> house on a haunted hill a house on a hill has in my opinion like great curb appeal it makes your house look bigger it it like sets it apart from its neighbors it's just it it looks great loved it I love the stone of it I I agreed with Taylor that it's really nice that it's at the end of the neighborhood so they have a neighborhood feel especially for the kids as I just said I grew up in a neighborhood like, some of my best childhood friends, like, we all grew up in the same neighborhood together. We could walk to each other's houses, ride our bikes to each other's houses. We had a big community pool. I really, if I ever, like, buy a house and have kids, I would like to live in a neighborhood like Macy and Taylor just moved into. But it's so nice that they're at the end and they're up on that hill, so they have the neighborhood feeling with six acres of land. Now, I would most likely never want six acres of land. I guess it depends on who I'm buying that house with, but, like, me as a person, I couldn't have six acres of land because I'm, like, a lazy idiot and I wouldn't have no idea how to care for that. Like, one acre would be totally fine for me, but it's a beautiful home. Definitely beautiful, but the pictures of the house, okay, first of all, those painted ceilings are insane. They're insane, the wallpaper that they use in the house looks like somebody burnt their house and there's, like, extensive smoke damage. Um, the Harry Potter bedroom is a lot. It's a lot. It's it's just it's just the most custom home that I've ever seen. <laughs> like, and that Macy and Taylor said it was exactly their style. I was like, gee, somebody on Reddit said it's dark and bland, so it makes sense for them. And I... I mean, I wouldn't call it bland. I would say it's the opposite of bland. But it's just such a weird house. It's a, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's a weird house. I don't know what else to say, except that it's a weird ass house. I will actually post, if you want to come on my Twitter, EBP underscore feathers, <laughs> same as my Instagram, come on Twitter. I'll post um, the Imager album that has like the tw 25 or 30 pictures of the entire house. So you can go to look at it. I would love that house if I could do $20,000 worth of work to it and rip out, like, all of the buildings, all of the custom shit, and just make it, like, a normal, like, a normal house. I just don't get it. I don't, I personally would never spend $600,000 on a home that I had to do, like, extensive interior decorating, because it's not really remodeling. It has 
the house has great bones, you know, but I don't know. It has like such intense track ceilings in some of the rooms that like I'm not into. It's just, I guess it's a matter of taste. And I bet Macy still has all of those fucking ceilings that way. Like, in the dining room, it's, like, a chessboard ceiling. In one of the bedrooms, I think in the master, it has these, like, crazy track ceilings. And then it's, like, this spiral image thing. It's so weird. In the Harry Potter bedroom, there's, like, a map of London on the ceiling, which, like, I guess is cool for kids. But, like, to her kids, like, Harry Potter? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. It's just, it's so weird. It's so custom. But, like whatever. Congrats to them. They have a big, beautiful new home. The pool area is, like, it's beautiful. And the cool thing is it has, and they, like, kind of, they were like, oh, and it has a big back house. And there aren't really pictures of it online, but apparently it has, like, a large garage and also a big back house. Did you guys notice (laughs) that they were literally out of breath, like, walking into the home and then walking out of the home? (laughs) I noticed that. Luckily, I'm, from the pictures, it looks like the the garage, like, when you drive up and the garage is attached to the kitchen area, like, the mudroom. So, I would assume that they're never going to use those front steps and that you just drive up. But, obviously, because it wasn't their home yet. Although, here's the thing. Do we all agree that they had already bought that house by the time that we saw it on MTV? Because I don't, I think much like house hunters, they wouldn't have showed it to us if they hadn't already bought the house, Right. At least that's what I think. I think they'd probably already bought it, especially the way they were talking about it. Um, I will say that I hate a moving, a movie, a movie, a moving storyline on Teen Mom because I just don't care about where they live. I know I just spoke about this for 10 full minutes, but like in general, I don't care that much about where they live. The timeline on this episode, by the way, like MTV really was insulting our intelligence. Like, Macy's like, we put in an offer and they accepted. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, they probably already bought the house. And then we got a screen, like, a flash across the screen that it's like, it's the next day. And Macy's voiceover is like, we're not moving for a while, but we have a lot of stuff. So we're already packing. And I'm like, okay. Like, maybe I, maybe. And then you notice that they're in Jade's room and Jade's entire room is packed Their whole house is covered in boxes. Like, please, please. That's three weeks into packing, which is how I know that, like, MTV showed up. They're like, we bought a new house. We're moving. And then they decided to do this whole (laughs) storyline. Oh, God. I just want to know if they're going to keep this old house. I want to know if they have to take out that in-ground trampoline. I have a question about those in-ground trampolines. So, as a trampoline enthusiast, not like, as an adult. But as a child, I did gymnastics. Not seriously. My mom made me quit when they wanted me to join the team because she was like, I can't drive you to all those practices. I have a job. That was my mom's favorite line when I was a kid, by the way. And she didn't want to do stuff. She'd be like, I work. (laughs) Which, honestly, looking back, like, so true. I would never want to take my fucking seven-year-old child to, like, a gymnastics practice, like, four days a week for some, but was I going to make the Olympics? No. Um, <laughs> plus I did like, so- I did tons of other activities. Please, I did dance. I did soccer. I did a million other activities. Um, but I always like loved gymnastics and I love trampolines. My mom 
hated trampolines. So we never had a trampoline. Apparently one of my cousins was at like a party once and somebody fell off the trampoline and was paralyzed. I don't know if that story is true. I don't know if it actually happened to one of my cousin's friends, but that was like a story that my mom repeated all of the time. This was before like trampolines with nets uh, now trampolines are so lame. They like don't even have coils anymore. They're like straps. You can barely even jump on them. But you know, this was like mid nineties, like peak trampoline time. So I love trampolines. A lot of my friends had trampolines. Uh, I saw a lot of people get very hurt on trampolines. Like my one friend, Chris, we had dragged the trampoline to the side of my friend Stephanie's shed. <laughs> We're jumping from the shed onto the trampoline as one does and Chris, like, missed and, like, hit his whole face on the side of the shed and, like, had to get stitches. It was a nightmare. At one point, our neighbors had a trampoline, and they pulled the trampoline. They were, like, five boys that were, like, five or six years older than me, and they pulled the trampoline to the side of their house <laughs> and, like, would jump from the second-story window. Like, trampolines are a nightmare. Um, but I love trampolines, and the idea of an in-ground trampoline is actually very appealing to me because it takes out that element of falling off the trampoline. Like, obviously, you could still hurt yourself. It's a trampoline. They're inherently dangerous. But you're not five feet in the air or however tall it is, and there's a lot less chance that you would hurt yourself. So I do love the idea of an in-ground trampoline. I want to know do you have an in-ground trampoline? How much does an in-ground trampoline cost? Does your insurance on your home go up when you get an in-ground trampoline? I know Kale is an in-ground trampoline too, so I'm assuming this is like a thing. None of my friends that have kids have kids that are old enough to get an in-ground trampoline. Oh, also a, a YouTube family I follow has one. Do you guys follow KK and Baby J? They're daily family vloggers, and I'm like a fucking psychopath, so I watch them. But the in-ground trampoline seems to be a thing, but I'm curious about, like I said, how much it costs, how trendy they are. Oh, I was saying, like, my friends that have kids, their kids either aren't old enough for them yet, or, like, I don't think any, any of my friends, like, really, that have kids have the money to, like, put a fucking in-ground trampoline in their house. But when you move, do you pull the in-ground trampoline up and then fill it in? Is it, like, a whole thing? I mean, obviously, you don't fill it in yourself. Like, somebody with, a like, a tractor but not a tractor will have to come in and fill it it seems like a lot or do you just leave it there and whoever buys the house like buys it with the trampoline could you guys let me know <laughs> that was really it for macy this week macy's having a boring ass season i'm but i think macy's been having a boring ass season for a while hasn't she <sighs> oh macy 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 Okay, uh, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we will get on to, I'm not exactly, let's do Bristol next. Okay, first of all, I'm truly obsessed with the state of Alaska. <laughs> I really want to take a vacation to Alaska. It's so pretty, it's so pretty on TV. Um, Tripp spent the whole week camping and moose hunting with his dad, which, like, cool. And she goes salmon fishing with her friends. My, my over, overarching thought of this whole episode is that Bristol was really stupid to move to Alaska. 
just dumb. Like, she, to give up, she clearly has a lot of support in Alaska. She lived there her whole life. That's where her friends and family are. And it was so stupid of her to move. I don't know if we've seen her filming with anybody in Austin that wasn't Dakota or a family member coming to visit her. Or a friend coming to visit her. Have we seen any of... Does she have friends in Austin? Does she know anybody in Austin? It was just so dumb of her to move there and to give up, like, her whole life in Alaska for a guy that she apparently has hated the whole time she's known him. And to have kids there with him. I don't know. I just... I don't get why she agreed to move to Austin. I don't... I don't really... Excuse me, I just had a hiccup. I don't really understand anything that Bristol does. She's very confusing to me. And I think this all goes back to the fact that Bristol is a fake snake. (laughs) And she is not, she has no integrity on TV and doesn't put any of herself out there honestly. Although, I don't know, because then she had that conversation with her friend about how Dakota isolated her and... He was awful to her, and when they're together, he's, like, so nice to her, and he loves her, and then when they're apart, he's like, fuck you, and her friend, like, started crying, and I was like, is this true? Is this not true? Because, I mean, I can see that, and I can believe it, but then I also see Bristol, like, telling straight-up lies about Levi, who, by the way, like, I, this is not in a defense of Levi at all, like, he was not around for the first four years of Tripp's life, and only came around when he, like, he got a chance to grow up, and then he met a girl, and the girl was like, yo, you should be a dad, and he was like, all right, cool, like, let's do that. So this isn't a defense of him, but, like, we saw Bristol lie. We saw, like, how much shit Bristol's talked about Dakota in front of her kids. Like, I just... I don't know. I don't, I don't trust anything that she says. So I don't get anything about her because I don't think she's telling any truths. Uh, she's just, it's so obvious. I mean, she's been heavily media trained. Like she went through extensive media training in 2008 when her mom ran for president and she was a fucking pregnant teen (laughs) and was like the focus of the campaign. Like she went through a lot of media training for that. Then she went on speaking tours then she had other reality TV, like, obligations. She's just so reserved. And I just, I have a really hard time with her. Um, She is on a boat with her friends fishing. It's fucking beyond beautiful. She says that she, like, her divorce is official. She's feeling great to be divorced. And she never wants to get married again. She's like, look, I know what a great marriage is. My parents have been married for 30 years. Um, I don't think Todd and Sarah have a very good marriage from my understanding of it, but they have been married for 30 years. We'll give them that. How does Bristol? Uh, Bristol must be, I would bet her older, tracks her older brother, right? I think Bristol is either the oldest or the second oldest and she must be like 27 because I, in 2008, I was like 20 maybe. Yeah, I think I was 20. So she must be like two years younger than me. Okay. Or three years younger than me. Wow. Nobody cares. Um, But Bristol and her friends are talking about her dating again. And one of them makes a joke that was like, you should go on ChristiansOnly.com. And I was like, oh, well, she said it. And I was like, huh, okay. And then her friend, other friend quickly was like, how about FarmersOnly.com? And I was like, 
so is Bristol not a Christian? Because she honestly said that in a way that, like, with the follow-up of the Farmers Only, them laughing and joking, like, it was, it was a said in a way, in my opinion, that, like, I would say it to one of my friends, and I would probably never seriously suggest one of my friends go on christiansonly.com or whatever the name of the website is, um, except for, like, my one friend that's Christian, like, religiously Christian. I think I have one friend that is, and I would probably seriously suggest it to her. But I thought Bristol was, like, Christian. Is she still Christian? Here's the thing. I can't follow Bristol's Instagram closely because I just don't like her. You know whose Instagram I am following closely now? I found Sunny Johnson, Levi's wife, her Instagram, and she talks shit on her Instagram. And I high-key suggest you guys all follow her. I think her username is, like, Sunny Johnson underscore real estate or realtor. And she will do those, like, Q&A things, which, like, I got Instagram, like, thank God for those Q&A things and celebrities, celebrities using them because people will be like, so how do you think, how do you feel about the way, like, uh, Levi's portrayed on the show? And she's like, it's just not fair. He tries to be a good dad. And like, she doesn't like talk shit directly about Bristol, but like she implies the shit, which, you know, love it. Great for me. So... Bristol's like, I just don't want to date. They joke about her dating a cowboy in Texas or like a big burly Alaska guy. And yeah, if you know if Bristol's Christian, just let me know. <laughs> uh, so we get a clip with Dakota and Dakota's with his mom and the girls in Kentucky. And his mom's basically like, so how's it with Bristol? And he's like, it's great. We don't talk. I'm so thrilled to not be talking. And her, his mom is like, first of all, you can tell his mom is walking on a lot of eggshells around him. She's like, she was very timid with what she said. There was no jovialness to her voice. Like, and it also wasn't, it wasn't like a, a concerning voice. It was a walking on eggshells voice. I think Dakota is probably very aggressive with everybody in his life. I think everybody in his life like walks on eggshells around him. So Dakota says that he wants to have a business relationship with Bristol, which Okay, first of all, it's very Nate. <laughs> it's very Nate Griffith in declaring that uh, Danelle, that Janelle and David are not professional. <laughs> Remember, during all the pickups, this is not professional. <laughs> Dakota and Nate are actually pretty similar in a lot of ways. I mean, I think Dakota's like a better person overall than Nate and like a much better person than Nate. But they have a similar way with words, if you will. So he just, like, and this is part of the reason that I do believe Bristol when she says that, like, Dakota goes from, like, loving her so much and being so nice to just, like, completely shutting her off. Because Dakota makes it very obvious that he, like, would like to never, ever, ever speak with Bristol again. Which, you know, is fair enough. But I just don't understand, like, anything about the relationship. I don't get why they got back together after Sailor was born. I don't get why they had Atlee. I don't get why they got married. I don't get... I just don't get it. I don't get anything about the two of them. Guys, as I've said a million times, we're just, like, coming in way too late on Bristol and Dakota. And it just doesn't make sense. And I also don't get why Bristol, who is so buttoned up in, like, type A and, like, just, like, a little ball of 
anxiety about how she comes across would be with somebody like Dakota who literally just like live laughs loves like out loud as possible it seems very weird that that would be the type of guy that she's attracted to I don't get it so Bristol goes up goes to meet with her friend and her friend has hair that's much too long (laughs) that hair was long I don't know if you guys noticed it but her hair like went to her ankles And I think it was the same friend that she met with in New York, just because I remember the accent. And I doubt she has, like, a ton of friends that have the same accent as her. But, you know, what do I know? So, her friend is just, like, relieved that she's divorced. And her friend says that she didn't, like, she just... is so mad about, like, how much drama there is. And Bristol's like, well, this is why I didn't want to marry him in the first place. Like, you know. And I was like, ooh, finally, like, a mention of their cut-off wedding. Like, I need a sit-down interview on what exact exactly happened with their cut-off wedding. Uh, Bristol says that, like, when they worked together, he convinced her that everybody hated her. Her parents hated her. Her friends hated her. Uh, that, like, everybody in Alaska hated her. And that's why he she had to be with him. Uh, that he was extremely controlling, or her, her friend says that he was extremely controlling. Her friend even says, like, and you can tell her friend is like, okay, I'm on camera, like, don't say something stupid. And she's like, you know, he's a veteran and a hero, and, like, I thank him for his service, but he was very controlling and not a good husband. <laughs> I was like, oh, she know, like, I bet Bristol briefs everybody that she's talking to, like, before, on everyone that she talks to on camera, I bet before they start rolling, she, like, sends them texts and she's like, you need to be, like, extremely careful with how you talk about Dakota on air. Because Dakota is a war hero and beloved to some people. And we cannot come across as we're bashing him and his service. So we need to make it clear that we respect his service before we call him controlling. (laughs) Like, if I was Bristol, I would probably be telling my friends the same thing. Because the last thing that you want, if you're Bristol, is to be in this position where people are viewing you as, like, a person that hates veterans. Because, unfortunately, like, that is an easy position for Bristol to get into, considering who her ex is and that's a shame and that's probably another reason that she should not have come on reality tv because she is getting a lot of that hate people are calling her a cold bitch for like not supporting her husband through ptsd and i don't know those two should have never gotten married it's for the best that they're divorced bristol says that like when they're together he showers her with compliments and gifts and makes her feel like she's a queen and then when they're apart like he fucking hates her and he can't he can't have anything to do with her and I can see that I can see him being all in and all out but I can also see that with her guys I just don't know how many times I can say that we're missing a lot of this story Bristol basically her theme of this episode is that there's a weight off her chest now that she's divorced which I mean mazel to her okay Amber had the worst episode of this season. Um, she said her boxing, her celeb boxing event, which that's how I feel about that, really helped her with her bipolar depression. Like, I can't, guys. I can't. I can't. Like, I'm all for, like, using exercise to help manage your depression and your mental health. Like, 
I'm not knocking that at all. But I don't believe for one second that doing that, like, helped with her bipolar depression, as she calls it. She wants to get into doing martial arts so she can get her body back. Okay, here's my question. When has Amber ever been in good shape? Not when has Amber been thin, because we know she's been thin. She's For her, she's pretty thin right now in the show. My question is, when has she ever been in shape? Like, she talks about when she did Krav Maga, but that was all fake. It was like she was on drugs and lost all that weight. So, like, MTV filmed her going to Krav Maga once. She's like, I need to get my endurance back. I'm like, when did she have endurance? We have never seen Amber, at least as far as I know, we've never seen Amber, like, super in shape or, like, super into working out. Like, she's always been like, well, you know, I used to do Krav Maga. And it's like, you didn't really used to do Krav Maga. (laughs) I don't know. It's just such bullshit. I really couldn't stand Andrew talking to her about how she needs to get into better shape. I know he was just being supportive, but I just don't care. Andrew's not right, by the way. Like, I need everybody to remember that he is somebody that has multiple arrests for heroin and ecstasy and guns. Guns. Andrew had a gun when he was on probation for felony charges, felony drug charges. And that two separate women have restraining orders against him for, like, stalking and harassment. Like, Andrew's not right, guys. We all need to keep that in the front of our minds while we watch these shows. The other, the B plot, actually it's really the A plot of Amber's storylines at this point, is Gary getting a vasectomy. Now, controversial? I don't know. I hate Gary scenes. I don't like them. I don't, I don't know, I don't dislike Gary. It's not that I don't like Gary. I just don't think he's like, I don't like watching him. I find, maybe I do dislike Gary. But, like, I don't care about him finding his biological father, and I really don't care about him getting a vasectomy. It's very, <laughs> I don't, he's like, well, I'm just doing this for you, Christina, so you don't have to keep having miscarriages. It's like, oh, what a hero. I did not like hearing the vasectomy. I thought that was really gross and unnecessary. And that's it for Amber this week. In the clip for next week, though, she says, like, Leah needs to know that I'm her mom, not Christina. So hopefully we get a good Leah breakdown. Okay, and then there's Shy and Corey. Once again, they belong on a different show. I just, guys, my tolerance for Cheyenne and Corey's storyline is going down every single week, even though I don't necessarily dislike watching it. And I know that's like very weird. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but they just don't make sense on this show. So she's in Michigan with Corey's family, and she's annoyed with Zach that they broke up. And, like, if I never have to hear the fucking name Zach ever again, I'll be thrilled. So in this episode, we find out about Corey's ex, Lauren, who he dated for seven years, and went on the real world with him, the explosion season where your exes were in the house. And we found out that while they're in the house, Lauren found out she was pregnant and it was with somebody that wasn't Corey, (laughs) which when they showed that, I was like, oh yeah, I do remember reading that because like, you know, I, like I keep up with pop culture. So I remember like reading that somebody in the real world house was pregnant and it wasn't by the guy that she was there with or whatever. And we see Lauren 
she's fine. And there was no drama there. Basically, the whole night and the whole story is about how everybody in Corey's life is, like, obsessed with Cheyenne. And they love Cheyenne. And they want Corey to be with Cheyenne. And that, like, everybody's like, you need to treat Cheyenne right. You need to treat Cheyenne right. You need to treat Cheyenne right. And Corey's like, well, I don't want to be with her because it's, like, it's more important that we're co-parents. It's such bullshit. They're not, they're not co-parenting. Like, yeah, of course they're co-parenting. But... When Princess comes on the podcast next, I'm going to have her go into this way more detail because she's a parent and she has, like, kind of touched on this before. I can't remember if it was with me or with this podcast. The funny thing is, so Princess and I text, like, you know, fairly regularly and she tells me stuff. And then I can't remember if she told me in text or on the show. And I feel like Princess is a private person. Princess is going to hear this and be like, bitch, what are you talking about? But just so you know, Princess... I don't want to share anything that she tells me in text without her, like, explicit consent. So sometimes I'm like, oh, God, did she tell me that in text or, like, on this podcast? Because she told me in text, like, I don't want to say it. (laughs) I don't know why. With everybody else, I'm like, let me read word for word this text message. But I feel very protective of Princess in our conversations. Protect Princess at all costs, basically. Anyway... Corey and Cheyenne are not co-parenting. Like, they don't need to be doing what they're doing. They don't need to be talking every single day. She did not need to go with Ryder to Michigan. Corey could have brought Ryder to Michigan by himself. If he was going to be there for too long, then he could have taken a shorter trip. They don't need... He doesn't need to be at every family event of Cheyenne's. Um, They don't need to be flirting. They don't need to be, like... They seem to be together all the time. Like, they are basically a couple without having sex, supposedly. I don't know. The way that they look at each other, like, those two people have sex. I'm so, Like, I'm not an idiot. This is MTV continuously, this episode, like, trying to make me seem like an idiot. Like, don't tell me that those two don't get drunk and have sex. Like, come on. Did you guys see, like, the eyes that they were giving each other? They fuck. They fuck. And Corey said, like, they don't because he doesn't want to mess up what they have. But, like, what do they have? What do they have? They have a great co-parenting relationship. But, like, I feel like they do both, like, really have the best interests of Ryder at heart. And I don't think either one of them dating another person would mess that up. But what I think messes it up is the fact that they are, like, way too intertwined with each other. And I'm seeing them get, like, congratulated all over the internet about, like, how amazing their co-parenting is. Like, I don't think it is because I think they are, like, playing with fire. They're too close to co-parent. Does that make sense? Because, okay, let's even say that they're not having sex and they're not hooking up. They don't hold hands. They don't cuddle. They don't kiss. It's just completely platonic like they tell us on tv it is they're way too close to each other because the reality is is like they're first of all one of them Corey Cheyenne it's probably Cheyenne to Corey but who knows one of them is going to fall deeply in love with the other one and the one that doesn't reciprocate it is going like the one that falls in love is going to end up blowing up the friendship because they're going to be too hurt one of them is like they're just too close it's like why when you live, when your roommate is, like, your best friend and you spend all your time together and then you get into huge fights because you're just, like, around each other too much and then you're, like, ugh, we should have never lived together. It, like, ruined our whole friendship. And, like, that's kind of what Corey and Cheyenne are, like, you don't need to be best friends to be a good parenting. Does it help if you're friendly? Of course. But, like, 
all it takes is Cheyenne getting jealous of some girl, Corey getting jealous of some guy, some petty fight over bullshit, and their whole relationship blows up. They should have a cordial, friendly relationship, not taking vacations together relationship. At least, like, not now. I mean, because I don't think taking vacations together is a bad thing. Um, And you guys know I love a blended family. It's not that. It's just, I just don't think there's any boundaries. That's the issue. There doesn't seem to be any boundaries at all between them. And I get they're still trying to figure it out. And, like, Cheyenne basically told Zach or said this about Zach, like, as much as that she is, like, just her and Corey, like, haven't been doing this this long and they're trying to figure it out. But the complete lack of boundaries is just going to cause for, like, total drama. Because both of them are also very dramatic in, like, drama and, like, attention. And it's just, it's not going to be good. So they might as well just start fucking and hooking up and see where that goes because maybe they'll be together forever and maybe they are meant to be together and they'll get married and they'll be like a perfect happy family and they can have more babies because Ryder's really cute and they should have more babies but like in reality not having sex is not saving this like co-parenting thing they're doing from anything because their relationship is too close as it is uh for there not to eventually be a blow up Mark my words. Apparently in the next episode, I saw this on Instagram that Cheyenne's sister makes Corey like the godfather of her child. Like Corey and Cheyenne are the godparents. And I'm like, I don't think Corey's going to be around for that long. Like he's going to be around in Ryder's life. But I don't think like this whole like we're one big happy family thing is going to last as long as everybody's acting like it's going to. Because I think when Corey gets a serious girlfriend, Cheyenne's going to have a fucking meltdown. Or when Cheyenne gets a serious boyfriend, Corey's going to have a fucking meltdown. Corey didn't have a meltdown over Zach because he knew Zach was never serious. Zach was somebody that was easy for Cheyenne to date. It was her stepfather's best friend's kid. They've known each other their whole lives. She's some. He's like, he's fun to have sex with and now he lives with me for a little bit. Like, but I think Corey and her family always knew that like Zach was never really a long-term plan, and he was never that serious. I don't know if Cheyenne knew that. At least she wouldn't admit it. But I think that's pretty obvious that Zach was never, like, a serious threat to Corey. But I think if she finds a guy that, like, is willing to come in, he's like, no, I love Corey. I have total respect for him. You guys can do whatever you want. Take as many trips together. Like, but I want to marry you, and I want to have your child right now. And Cheyenne's like, cool. Like, let's do it. I think Corey's going to lose his shit. When there's a serious threat to him. And so for him to be like Arlen Kelly's, or whatever her name is, <laughs> um, godparent of her child, I don't know. I just, like I said, I just don't see this happy family thing lasting forever. In this episode, they're both drunk and Corey's like, I don't really trust that it's over with you and Zach because you're on and off. And she's like, no, he asked me to pick and I picked you. And she's like, would you pick me? And he's like, you know what I would do for my behavior. And she's like, well, would you pick me? And he's like, yeah, of course I would pick you. Like, come on, guys. Come on. That I'm sorry, first of all, that's, like, not healthy, in my opinion. I, look, I, I understand I'm completely talking, like, from no experience. I have no children. I've never been married. I don't co-parent. I've had one serious relationship, but that's it. And it was, like, a fucking mess. Like, I get it. But here's my thing. 
I don't get, like, I don't understand why Cheyenne and Corey are placing themselves in positions in each other's lives where significant others would be expecting them to pick its Hummer me. Now, if they had a real legit significant other, they probably would not make them pick. But the reality is, is I don't think they're ever going to find a significant other that is totally comfortable with a complete lack of boundary relationship. And they're like, they're just setting themselves up for failure with each other. And it's like either date or don't. But whatever they're doing right now, I don't respect it. I don't. But I guess it's like also, God, I did so many stupid things like that in my early 20s that like I can deeply relate to what they're doing. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, I did notice that they just like loved Michigan there while they're in Michigan and like the whole family was wearing Michigan apparel and like I guess go blue. Just kidding. I don't care at all about colleges and college football. Although my senior year of high school, I had a friend that was going to Michigan and I went and visited her and it was like the most fun thing in my life. And that was like the first time I'd really, I spent like a whole four days or whatever, like at a college campus. And I was like, oh my God, there are no adults telling you what you have to do. And it was the most fun thing ever. And Michigan, I mean, it was a beautiful campus. I would love to be 18 again and make good grades and get to go there. <laughs> Okay, so, Kate and Tyler. Wowzers! What a week! What a week! So, I want to give a big shout out to Summer. Summer, I don't know what your Summer Abdella, I don't know how to pronounce your last name, but she commented on my Instagram last week and was like, I posted something about Kate and Tyler, and she was like, isn't it crazy that, like, were, they were separated when all this was happening? And I was like, no, I don't think they were ever separated. Now, there were rumors about them all last summer about them being separated. Like, as much, enough rumors that, like, Kate had posted something on Instagram, like, were not separated. What sparked these is that at one point, Kate, like, changed her Instagram handle name from Baltiera to Low. What's her? Lowell? What's Kate's last name? Caitlin Lowell. L-O-W-E-L-L, I think. But then people were like, no, she actually always had that as her Instagram handle. It was never Baltiera. And then people were like, well, I heard that they're separate. There was just a lot of talk around like August or whatever of this summer. So like a lot of talk. And I didn't believe it just because Kate and Tyler both denied it. Now, of course, the teen mom people deny stuff all the time that I'm like, (laughs) it's true. But... We just, we never saw any sort of proof. They had a baby. They got pregnant. Like, they were clearly living together. Uh, When she was pregnant, they did those maternity pictures. They talked about how much they loved each other. Uh, They said it was an accident, but they were so excited about their future. I was like, well, I guess they're, like, not separate. Like, they were not separated. There was never any sort of confirmation. So, I just, like, quickly moved on from that. It was like, nope, that wasn't true. And I'll be honest, like, even when the stories were coming out, I really just didn't believe it because there was nothing... It was all so speculative and, like, based on such trash, like, clickbait shit that I was like, no, this can't be true. So, Summer had left that comment on my Instagram and I was like, no, I don't think so. Like, I really don't think so. And she was like, no, somebody went on, apparently Radar has a Team Mom podcast, which I've never listened to. Not apparently. I knew this. I've just never, ever listened to it. And 
I probably never will listen to it. And she's like, no, one of their friends went on the Radar podcast and, like, confirmed it. And I was like, I, I don't know. I still don't believe it. Then, like, literally the next day, MTV puts out the scene that must have been on Sunday uh, or Monday, like, before the episode aired, that Caitlin and Tyler were taking a trial separation. <sighs> okay. 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 There's a lot to talk about here. I really should add Princess on this episode, guys. I done fucked up. <laughs> but surprise, the guests, at least, you know, God willing and the creek don't rise, Princess will be on next week. She's coming on on Wednesday. We're recording on Wednesday. So I'll be out of town next week, and so I gotta record early. It's a whole thing. But Princess, no, not Princess. <laughs> I just wish Princess was here to talk about how fucking crazy these two are. Okay. So the scene opens up with finding out they went on the tr- retreat to Sedona and they didn't film because they wanted to take some private time to work on their relationship. And, oh, by the way, surprise, they're pregnant. Oh, okay. She's 12 weeks pregnant and they're going to have a gender reveal party. We get this really cute, Kate is making cupcakes with Nova. They're making blue cupcakes and pink cupcakes and Nova's just being so fucking cute talking about how she wants a sister because she's going to rock the baby and feed the baby and love the baby and just beyond adorable. I did notice in this scene that Kate was fully interacting with Nova. She was the one making cupcakes with her. She was the one talking to her. Tyler was sitting on his phone on the table, which I didn't see like 500 fucking tweets and Facebook posts and Reddit posts about how lazy Tyler is and how he never does anything around the house. Like if there's any time that Tyler is spending time with Nova and Kate isn't there, people, the, it's just so misogynist how people act like Tyler taking care of his child is so saint-worthy and that Kate is like a monster because Tyler is a fully participating dad. And people say that Kate has no maternal instinct, she has no connection with Nova, and I just don't see that. Like, yes, Kate fucked up by the way that she went to treatment and like not... Like, when she said Nova will be fine and, like, didn't say goodbye to her. But, like, that wasn't her in a clear mind. Like, that was a suicidal person. Um, And, like, Kate is connected with Nova. And Kate is the one that raised Nova up until, like, this, you know, when was it that she went to treatment? In December of last year, November of last year. Like, so up until then, like, she was Nova's primary caregiver. And I'm just really sick of this narrative that, like... Tyler is the only one to ever do anything for Nova and Kate doesn't ever take care of her and Kate has no bond with her because that's not true. Like, it just drives me nuts. So we find out that getting pregnant was unexpected. Okay, let's get into it. I know a lot of you think that Caitlin trapped Tyler into having this baby and I cannot disagree with you anymore. I do not believe for one second that Caitlin had to trap Tyler into this. People are like, oh, well, she must have been lying about her being on birth control. Please. Okay. Let me lay this out. First of all, Caitlin should have gotten her IUD put back in, like, while the first time she went to Arizona for treatment after the miscarriage. It's actually insane that she didn't get her IUD put back in because she's extremely fertile. <laughs> Like, it's it's really insane that she didn't get her IUD put back in. Two, let's pretend there's a world where Caitlin was told Tyler she was on birth control. And he 
believed her and she wasn't actually on birth control and that's why she got pregnant. I'm sorry, but Tyler has been all up and down this season talking about how Kate is irresponsible. Kate repulses him by doing nothing. Like, he sees firsthand how much Kate is struggling. If he trusts her to take birth control on time every day and not use a condom, like, he's a fucking idiot and I have no sympathy for him. Like, you, if you see that your partner is struggling so bad, they're not in counseling, they're not doing anything to help themselves, and you're like, well, they're definitely responsible enough to be taking birth control all the time, like, and you choose not to wear a condom, like, that's an active choice to get pregnant by him. But I don't think that's what happened. I don't think Kate was on birth control, guys, and I don't think Kate and Tyler were using condoms. I think they were having completely unprotected sex completely unprotected. Maybe he'd pull out sometimes. And they got pregnant because they're irresponsible. They're like, I feel like the fandom needs this like crazy conspiracy theory that Kate lied to Tyler about having a, like being on birth control. So she would trap him with a baby so that he couldn't leave because she knew he wanted to leave. I don't, I really, I don't think it needs to be that deep. Kate and Tyler are just two irresponsible idiots who have sex completely unprotected. Like, I don't, I don't think it's any more than that. And Tyler, if Tyler has been so miserable for as long as he says that he's been miserable, in a clip for next week, he's basically claiming that he's been miserable since they were 21. Not mentioning that after 21 is when they had three fucking pregnancies and they got married, but whatever. If Kate, if Tyler is that miserable, he should be wearing a condom every single time and pulling out because he doesn't want to get have another baby and bring another baby into this like I feel like any time one of these people on teen mom like accidentally gets pregnant people are like oh my god she just wanted to trap him he wanted to trap her when the reality is they're fertile and they're irresponsible and if they prove that literally every episode that they're irresponsible And I don't know why we can't just apply that to this situation. (laughs) Kate and Tyler, even though they said they were taking precautions and they were using birth control, I would 100% bet that Kate wasn't on BC and Tyler wasn't on using condoms. Like, I'd bet my life on that. (sighs) So great we find out Kate's pregnant and then Tyler's like okay well um when we were in Sedona I figured out that like I need to be away from Kate (laughs) so we're gonna try trial separation and he's like Kate took it really hard and Kate's like well yeah (laughs) like it really sucked to hear that you wanted to live separately from me for a little while like I had a really traumatic life and that brought up a lot of my triggers and he was I don't know. I actually thought they that this was a pretty mature conversation. I think Kate was taking it exceptionally well. Um, it seemed like she really dealt with it. Here's my weird, my issue with Kate, though. Okay, first of all, is that, like, we find out she just started going to counseling again, which, like, okay, so she was not doing any sort of aftercare post her second treatment, which shouldn't be surprising, but I'm surprised every time. Once again, because Kate is irresponsible. Um, 
Kate's not malicious. I really don't think Kate is malicious. And that's, and I don't think Tyler is really either at his heart. I think they're just two irresponsible sick people. And that's why I have a lot more empathy for them than I do for somebody like Amber or like Janelle. Because I just think they're dumb. (laughs) But Kate says that like the trauma of him or like him moving out reminds her of the trauma of the miscarriage. And I feel like that's not true. It's the trauma of her fucking childhood and being abandoned by her mother for boyfriends and like being abandoned by her father so he could go live in Florida and having to move 15 different times throughout her childhood and having her mom and her mom's partners beat the shit out of her. And God only knows if there was sexual assault in there as well. Like, Kate is constantly talking about the trauma of Carly and this miscarriage, and then she'll be like, in childhood stuff, and then run past it. And I'm like, no, this is all childhood stuff. Like, the the idea that this miscarriage in Carly is more devastating and more traumatic and more life-altering than her entire childhood, it's just very hard for me to believe. And I think Kate doesn't owe it to us to talk about it. But I hope she's talking about it with a counselor. And she will say, like, well, I realized, like, a lot more of my childhood stuff was messing me up when I was in treatment. And, like, that's good. But I really just think she so downplays how horrific her childhood was. And I wonder if it's because she's scared to talk about it on camera because she gets along with April now. And she just doesn't want to rehash those old wounds on camera. But it's... It's such a shame that she, like, doesn't seem to connect that, like, Tyler abandoning her, well, has a lot more to do with her issues of childhood. (sighs) So, they're going to have a trial separation, but they've planned it in advance. I'm so, they're like, well, when the house is, the house is going to be finished soon. So, like, when the house is finished, I'm just going to move in there for a month. That was what Tyler said. What? None of this makes sense, guys. If you want to have a trial separation, like, just go get an apartment. Like, you can afford it. Like, there has to be an apartment nearby. Or go live in that, your house that nobody's living in. That I mean, yeah, Amber, like, fucked it up. But get a cleaning crew in there for one day. And then go live in the old house. I think it's very weird that they're, like, planning in advance a separation. I think it's very weird that they're doing it while Kate is pregnant. Um, I mean, I guess... Now, before the babies do, I, I don't know. I, it does, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm wondering if they ever had their trial separation, because it looks like they all moved into the new house, like, within the last couple weeks together. And, you know, they were in Atlantic City together, and they didn't look separated. I mean, they didn't look particularly together. They weren't, like, making out with each other in front of me, but... Why would they take a vacation together if they were separated? Um, I when did the trial separation happen? Were who did Nova stay with? Did she stay with Caitlin? Did she stay with Tyler? I'm thinking it never happened, would be my guess. I mean, maybe in the next episode they'll already be separated and I'll be wrong, but I'm just a little confused about like when this happened. And why they're planning it so far in advance. And if they want a trial separation, why they're not just doing a trial separation. Like, just do it. Tyler's such a pussy. Like, he will not make... Like, Tyler does not want to be with Kate. And it's very obvious. And 
just do the separation. Just do it. <sighs> I don't know. It seems like a terrible idea. Um, Kiki and Kate have a talk on the way to the gender reveal party. And Kate says she's trying to stay positive. And can I just say, this is the most alive Kate has seemed this entire season. Did anybody else notice that? That in this episode, she like really seems to have accepted the separation was like, yep, I'm staying positive. It's always been Kate and Ty. I understand why he feels like he needs to like have his own identity. Even though she says she like doesn't really get the separation. She like respect basically says like she respects Tyler for what he needs to do. Um, she's like active. Like I said, she was talking, talking and like hanging out with Nova and seemed like happy and alert at the gender reveal. I don't know. Like, I think it's a relief to Kate. I know everybody, like, including Tyler, thinks that Kate will kill herself if Tyler leaves her, but I don't think so. I think Kate doesn't want to be with Tyler as much as Tyler doesn't want to be with Kate. Tyler's just, like, accepted it, and Kate hasn't yet, but she seems relieved in this episode. (laughs) Like, you would think she'd be devastated, but she's like, no, it's fine. (laughs) Oh, so they're at the gender reveal party. They're having a girl, baby Tesley. And, oh, we do find out that Kate, like, one of her first things when Tyler told her this is she asked, like, well, is there somebody else? Like, are you seeing someone else? And he said no. And they're not planning on dating other people during this trial separation. They just want to see what it's like to live apart. Um, so they pull the pinata down and they're having a girl and everybody online was like raging about the scene and how awful it was. I thought it was fine. Like Kate was like, no fucking way. Like another girl. I didn't want another girl, but she's like laughing during it. I mean, is it the best thing to say on camera? Like, no, probably not. But who cares? I thought it was pretty clear that she was happy and Tyler was happy to have another girl. Like they were laughing and joking, but it was Like, they said some negative things, but they were laughing and joking. I don't know. I thought a lot of people overreacted to this scene. (sighs) So we get this, like, weird back and forth where Kate's talking to her grandma and Tyler's talking to his mom. And Kate tells her grandma that she's seen a trauma therapist, which is great. And she said the miscarriage forced her to dig deep into her childhood stuff, which is also great. And her grandma seems pretty shocked about the separation. Kim, on the other hand, seems confused as hell, and Kim and I, I think, are on the same page, because she's like, so what's the plan? (laughs) And Kim, like, is concerned that they're not going to keep each other accountable, and she just doesn't really seem to get the point of the separation, and I agree. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think they actually separated? I don't think they did, and if they did, I'm wondering when the fuck that was. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, let's go into Young and Pregnant, but I just want to go quickly. TBH. Uh, I want to talk about the fact that, oh, I guess a lot of stuff happened in this episode. Okay, let's start with Lexi. So, we remember last week when I was like, I wish I would talk about, like, if Lexi's pumping. We find out Lexi is going to start pumping at work. Uh, basically Lexi's parents don't want Kyler there anymore and Kyler and Lexi are like, okay, we don't care. (laughs) Lexi's like, let's just wait him out. It's fine. We'll just stay at your house. 
Uh, we do find out that the reason that Kyler lives with his grandma is because Amber had a really shitty boyfriend, husband, and basically Kyler moved out when he was, like, 16 because he hated his stepdad so much. Uh, we get a scene of Kyler's mom, Amber, and Lex... No, wait. Is Amber... Are... Wait. What is Kyler's mom saying? Why am I calling her Amber? Isn't Amber Lexi's mom? Oh, man. Now I'm confused. I've just really confused myself. Okay, well, Kyler's mom and Lexi go out, like, to lunch. And Kyler's mom basically is like, I fucked up. I didn't get to raise Kyler in his teenhood years because I picked a man over him. And I thought that was interesting. I'm glad that we're, like, getting more backstory on that. Okay, Kayla. So, Isaiah gets baptized, and Devin is the godmother, but then also, like, she had two other friends up there with her. Stefan does not come to the baptism, and Kyla's like, well, Kayla's, like, he's not religious. He doesn't care. (laughs) So, the big drama of this episode is that her mom, so after the baptism, some point after the baptism, um, Kayla, Annabelle, and Jamie are all sitting on the couch, and Jamie confronts Kayla, and says, like, I know that you've been seeing Stefan more than you have let on. And Kayla's like, no, I haven't. And she's like, I know for a fact that you let Stefan, like, watch Isaiah unsupervised. And Kayla, like, starts flipping out. She tells her mom to shut up. She's like, you want to sit here and act like you know everything, but he wasn't, I let Stefan watch him, but he wasn't alone. And... Like, you don't know anything. And her mom's like, okay, but I know that you just lied to me. (laughs) It's really hard to watch Kayla be so mean to Jamie. Because Jamie is right. And I feel for her that she has to deal with Kayla. (laughs) But I did like, because, so Devin came over. We found out that Kayla's mom, Jamie, only knew about this stuff because her friend Devin had told her. And Kayla's pissed. And Kayla's like, I just don't get why she wouldn't talk to me. And, like, you know, I told her about it, and she made it seem like she was okay with it, and then she went and told my mom. And I was like, huh, I didn't realize that, like, Kayla's friends talked to her mom this much. And then Devin comes over, and it's Devin, Annabelle, and Kayla. And Kayla's basically like, well, why didn't you talk to me? And Devin, like, Devin and Annabelle were on the same side, and they're both basically like, we're not lying to your mom for you. Like, We refuse to be part of this secret. Like, if we find out that you are with Stefan and it's, like, supposed to be a secret from your mom, like, we're not keeping it for you. Um, Kayla's like, well, I wish you had just, like, spoke to me about it. And she was like, I understand, but, like, you're making bad choices. But it was really mature and Kayla, like, really took it well and Devin really took it well and they all seemed to, like, understand. And I really appreciate that Kayla seems to have real friends and... It's so rare on Teen Mom that we see, like, real genuine moments of friendship from the moms and their friends. Like, we'll see them be with their friends, but we don't actually get to see, like, friendship moments. I think part of it is that just doesn't fit into, like, the storyline of the show very much. But, like, that's what we saw here, and I really liked it and appreciated it. And Devin, like, was like, I know you're not a bad mom, but, like, you're making mistakes. And... Kayla was like, you're right, I am, like, I get it. I don't know, I just, I really liked the whole scene. I liked that Kayla, like, called Devin to come over and didn't just, like, flip out at her and was like, hey, like, 
I know that you told my mom this, what happened? And Devin was like, you're right, I did. And basically they both said their piece and they were like, I understand. And there was a level of respect there that stayed there. And it was heartwarming as hell. I really liked it. Okay. Should we talk about Ashley and Barb? <laughs> this episode was crazy. It was really crazy. Also, apparently, Pastor T and Chris went on T-Mom Trash Talk podcast this week and said that Ashley and Barb are still broken up, but they're, like, all over Instagram together, so I don't know. Apparently, the night before, Ashley's, like, last night, Barb came over to her house really drunk and got physical with her. So, she called the police and the police escorted him out and then he came back and beat her up or got physical with her again so she called the police again, and he was arrested. Um, she sits down with her mom, and he's like, I want to start this conversation with I told you so, but I don't think that's helpful. <laughs> I love that. That's a great way to get to say I told you so, it, but not have to, like, turn it into a fight. <laughs> so T and Ashley talk about the fact that Barr has a drinking problem, which was unbeknownst to me. Have they ever discussed that in any of the other episodes? Shen has, like, called Bar out on having a drug problem, but that's, like, online and just recently. And I was like, Bar has a drinking problem? Like, this is, there's a lot going on with Bar and Ashley that we're not seeing on the show, I think. Like, a lot. And I know that from Instagram Live. <laughs> Ugh. So, Bar apparently has been calling Ashley, like, nonstop from jail, nonstop, like, come bring the baby. Like, I love you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then Ashley sees that Shen had posted this video <laughs> where Barr's on speakerphone and he's like, I didn't do anything. This is all bullshit. And Ashley's like, what the fuck? You're going to call me and say sorry. And then you're going to have your mom post an Instagram video, like basically calling me a liar. And he's told Ashley that he just has to cover his ass and it has nothing to do with her. And she's like, okay, then I have to cover my ass and it has nothing to do with you when I press charges and I get a restraining order on you. <laughs> and her mom was like, I love that. I'm so glad to hear that. And like, I was too, except we know that that's not what the outcome of this is. Um, Ashley, like, is becoming aware about how much bars like trying to play her and her mom is just very happy to hear this. And they go and they get a restraining order, but it's um, just like a temporary restraining order. So, I don't know what happens with them. I'm curious to see how this plays out because they seem to be in a good place right now on Instagram. I mean, what do I know about what they're actually like? But this episode, even though I knew that he got arrested, I think I forgot but this episode kind of seemed to come out of the blue and out of nowhere that things were that bad between Barr and Ashley. This is, I know I keep saying this, I knew it was bad because I saw it on Instagram, but in the context of the show, it seemed to come out of nowhere. Okay. Why was Jade's segment like the most frustrating thing I've ever seen on Teen Mom? I was like screaming at my TV. I was so fucking mad watching this. I was so fucking mad. So, Sean and Jade and Chloe are supposed to go to a pumpkin patch together. Sean is, like, throwing up. He's sick. And Jade seems pissed. And I'm like, huh, I wonder why she's mad at him for being sick. Like, he's throwing up. Like, he seemed legitimately sick. Not just, like, 
I'm tired and I don't want to go. Like, he seemed legitimately sick. And (laughs) come to find out, Jade was, Jade's cousin, she goes to the pumpkin patch and Jade's cousin comes over and Jade's like, I gave Sean a drug test and he failed because I knew that he was, like, coming down from something when he was sick. And she's, oh my god, I have the hiccups. She says that she's devastated and it's like, he doesn't even know what drugs do to her. Like, the impact they've had on her, don't forget, she, like, posted a picture of herself with white substance, a rolled up dollar bill, and a credit card within the picture. You know, I'll post that on my Instagram. I feel like we we should revisit that collectively. EBP underscore feathers. I'm going to post that right after I finish recording, so it's on there for you guys. Um, Sean... <laughs> What drugs is Sean doing? How are they going to have this whole fucking episode talking about Sean failing to drug test and they're not going to tell us what drug he failed for? Like, I need to know what I need to know to, like, for appropriate, like, reaction. Did Sean fail for, like, Molly? Was he, like, rolling the night before and he just felt like shit the next day? Was Sean dope sick because he's a heroin addict? Was he doing coke? Like... I, this is, like, just saying he failed a drug test and that he seems sick from coming down with drugs does not give me nearly enough information to, like, comprehend how mad we should be. I need all the information so that I can have an appropriate level of, like, anger. Sean even agrees. Sean comes over to talk to Jade and he says he's going to start going to outpatient. And I'm like, so is Sean a drug addict? I mean, he looks like an opiate addict, right? Like, we all agree that Sean, like, looks like a dope head. Like, if you don't think so, like, just Google what a dope head looks like and, like, that's what Sean is. But what the fuck? How are we just going to find out he failed a drug test? Like, tell me the fucking drug. I wonder if actually, I'm going to check on her Twitter. Uh, I wonder if she's posted about it on Twitter, but I'm just confused. I want to know. I need to know what drug he failed for. I deserve to know what drug he failed for. (laughs) Don't you think so? Don't we deserve it? We deserve it, babe. (laughs) Oh, okay. Brie. Oh my God. What a mess Brie is. This is the episode where Brie makes poor, pathetic Robert. First of all, it's so appropriate that he goes by Robert and not Bob, Rob, Robbie, but Robert. Doesn't he seem like such a Robert when you think about it? Poor, poor Robert. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I need to say, I've gotten like a million messages about this this week. And by a million, I mean probably four. Brianna was wearing a name tag that said Cheyenne in this whole episode, and she commented on Instagram that it, her, Cheyenne is obviously not her name. She just, like, had to wear it at work because she forgot her name tag. No big drama there. So, (laughs) Brie tells us in a voiceover that she's going to tell Robert that he needs to go home and that he's probably going to be upset. (laughs) Yeah, no shit, Brianna. He's probably going to be upset. So, Brianna comes into the room and she's like, so I've been thinking about it and, like, I think it would be best for you to go home. (laughs) She's such a bitch and she's a passive-aggressive bitch because she doesn't take any any accountability. She doesn't dump him. She, like, makes him stay her boyfriend. 
Oh my god, it's such a mess. I like this whole thing. She should have came in there and said, I don't want to be with you anymore and I need you to move home. But instead she frames this like this is what's best for Robert. (laughs) Brie says like she understands that he's really close to Brayson and that Brayson loves him, but like he needs to cut it now before they get even more attached. And Robert's like, okay, fine. Like... I'm wondering if they talked about this off camera beforehand and MTV just made them film it again. But I also believe that Robert would just sit there silently and agree to anything that Brianna says because he's pathetic. He even posted this week, oh, poor Robert, that he had caught up on all the episodes and he misses Brianna and Brayson and still loves them. What a broken little bird. He's like a puppy that has been kicked five times. Um, she goes to talk to, Brianna goes to talk to her mom about it, and she was like, so Robert and I came to the conclusion that it would be best for him to go home. (laughs) Robert did not come to any such conclusion. Brianna came to this conclusion for Robert. (laughs) Jessica's like, oh, like, I know you had talked about this, but really? So soon? And she's like, yes, this is what needs to happen. Uh, Jessica's worried that they'll be in this huge house without Robert and it'll be hard to pay for. But I'm a little confused because, like, I don't understand why they would get such a larger space just because Robert's there. No, like, Brianna and Robert share a room. Like, I don't know. I don't, he's just one more person. Like, I don't know how much of a difference, like, one person that's part of a couple makes in your space. You know what I mean? Like, they could have gotten a two-bedroom apartment with Brayson staying in the two-bedroom apartment. Like, in the in the room with Robert and Brianna. I'm sure that's how they slept, like, in Wisconsin. I don't know. Jessica seems a little worried, but she says it's going to be fine. So, they drop Robert off at the airport, and Brianna is like, Bye, bitch! And Robert's like, Are you breaking up with me? I need to know if you're breaking up with me. And Brianna's like, No, like... Brianna keeps saying that they're not breaking up and they're just going to be long distance. And, like, they're, they'll really be able to see if they can make it or not if they're long distance. <laughs> Brianna, like, just break up with him. Like, let him go. Like, end it and let him go. Brianna has this, like, smile of relief like I've never seen on her face. She's like, thank God. Now, was this fucked up? Yes, of course. Of course it was fucked up. And the fact that she didn't break up with him while doing this to me was like the most fucked up part because she should have just like you know giving him leaving him with that hope just so she like wouldn't have to deal with being like hurting his feelings so much all at once was really shitty but like look I support Brianna telling him he's gotta go (laughs) she okay she should not have invited him to move out there she made a huge mistake rush she made a huge mistake getting with him She made a huge mistake letting Bryson get so close with him. She made a huge mistake moving out there with them. But, like, what's she supposed to do? Like, they're not working. It's not good for her. Like, so what's she supposed to do? She's just supposed to, like, stay with him forever because she, like, made these dumb mistakes? No. She's 18 years old. You know, like, the reality is, is, like, she had to break up. Well, she had to send him home. She also had to break up with him, but she didn't. But, like... I bet the minute she knew his plane t- took off, she, like, sent him a text, and she's like, sorry, I just don't want to be with you, and then, like, blocked his phone number. Like, I bet that's what she d- ends up doing. But, I don't know. I didn't really, personally, like, the only anger I felt towards Brianna in this whole episode was that she wasn't also dumping him, 
But I really didn't feel like any anger towards Brianna for her making him move home because I think that was for the best. And I think he needed to move home. And I don't think it would be fair of her, like, to let him move out there and just, like, get closer and closer and closer with her and Brayson and, like, have her raise, have him raise her son for her (laughs) when she fucking hates him. Like, I just, I don't know. She pulled, she did the opposite of Tyler. You know what I mean? Like, she did exactly what Tyler should be doing, where, like, you just, you're like, okay, we gotta end this. Like, this has to, we gotta, we gotta fix this. Like, yeah, we're, we're together, and we made, like, this huge mistake, but, like, let's, like, stop this now before it spins even further out of control. And I just don't see the point of, like, punishing her forever, because she made a really immature and stupid decision having him move out there. Has Teen Mom Young and Pregnant been a little boring for the last two weeks, or is it just me? I think it's actually, it hasn't been boring to watch. I think I've enjoyed watching it more than Teen Mom. I think I just um, have been enjoying talking about Caitlin and Tyler so much that Young and Pregnant hasn't been as exciting for me. Anyway, love you guys. Like I said, I'll be back next week. God willing, Princess will be here with me unless something happens and I don't know, it'll just be me again. (laughs) Anyway, love you guys. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos.com 